0: So um, I want to tell you guys before we get started this morning, I got to see. Now many of you aren't going to believe this, but I got to see the eight o'clock, and there really are people that meet at eight o'clock. <laughs> I mean seriously, there's like a whole group of people I've never seen before, and they all meet at eight o'clock. They eat donuts. I mean there are donuts there. In fact, there was a dude that sounded like they were knocking on the door here during the eight o'clock, and it was actually a roofer, and so we ended up giving the roofer donuts, and he went away for a little while till tomorrow. So again, it was really awesome. Um, all right, so as you heard, um, my name is Conrad LaPrade. Um, my wife, Joy, and I lead a community group um, in uh, Gastonia, and we have three children, um, Catherine, who is eight, um, going on 20, and then um, Jonah, who is who's six, and, um, and Elizabeth, who was born one minute before Mother's Day this year. So, um, so things have been really busy um, in our home recently. We've called Gastonia home for four and a half years, um, we came to Exodus um, almost five years you know, ago, um, visited the church, fell in love with it, and have been here ever since. God has been really kind and really faithful through you, and uh, and our family is really blessed to be here. So um, I'm really excited to be able to bring God's word to you this morning. Um, we're going to be in John 1, 35 through 51. You can turn there. We'll get there in just a second. Um, as I've been studying this passage of scripture and thinking about, um, preaching it, I've been struck with, um, the, the reason that John wrote the book in John 20, which, which Brian's talked about a couple of times. Um, so, so we see in John 20, John says, um, I write these things that you will know that Jesus is the Christ and that in knowing you will have belief in his name. So, so he's saying that, right. And, um, I've been, I've been really struck with sight, like, in this passage, what we're going to see in a moment, Jesus is continually healing the sight of his early. Um, he's continually healing the sight of his early disciples. He is continually healing them and giving them sight. And so I've been really struck by that, and thinking about the first time that I was able to see. So I come from a family of the long line of nearsighted people, right? And I'm nearsighted too, um, and so. You know, when I was about twelve years old, my parents said, You need to go get glasses. And I said, All right, I don't really believe you. I don't buy into that, but I'll I'll try, we'll see what happens. So I went to this to this ophthalmologist, they you know they went through, I did all of the tests, and I remember at the point, and it, it's a really clear memory in my mind, sort of my anger at my parents saying, okay, guys, really, like I'm living my life just fine without these glasses. I'm able to, to, to see people. I'm playing basketball just fine. I'm playing baseball just fine, although I have no idea how. But I was doing all those things. And I said, I don't need these things. And so I went there, I tried them on, right? And here's what happened. I tried on those glasses after I got, got the, the frames and like that there was an entirely new world that was revealed to me instantly, right? The bricks back here in the wall, you could see definition in them, right? You could see there were individual bricks. There were colors, there were cars, there were license plates. There was sight that I hadn't had before. And a similar thing happened um, to me when I was about 18 um, and a friend Invited me to come to a Christian church. See, I grew up Mormon. Um, a lot of you know that. I grew up in the Mormon church, and so a friend invited me to come to um, to a Christian church, to a PCA church in Maryland. And when I went in, the pastor was preaching um, <clears throat> about Paul, and and what he said immediately struck my heart. And there was sight, there was belief. God healed my eyes and allowed me to see him. And I remember during the prayer, at the final, you know, the final part of the service during the prayer, just sobbing and saying, God, I want to follow you, right? And, and there wasn't, it wasn't like a really deep, detailed argument. It was, God gave me sight. And we're gonna see him giving sight to his disciples in this passage. And I'm really excited to read it with you. So um, John 35, we're gonna go all the way to 51. And this is John 1. Someone pointed that out at eight, eight o'clock. We're not in John 35, Um, So John 1, verse 35. The next day, again, John was standing with two of his disciples. And he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, Come, And he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word, for the way that um, we see you opening the eyes, healing the sight of those who would follow you. Lord, for the way that you teach us about who you are and you send us out to, to get our friends and family and bring them to you. Lord, we are grateful for this passage. And I pray that today, as I preach this, I'll get out of the way, that your word will speak through me, um, that ears will hear, that eyes will be opened, Lord, um, that your name will be made much of. Amen. So, um, there's a lot going on in this passage. All right, there's just a couple things I want to point out before we jump into it. So, first of all, um, in this passage, we have we have five, salva- five stories of salvation that are, ta- that are taking place, okay? So we have Andrew and an unnamed disciple. We find out that that's John. Well, we think it's John, but we have Andrew and John, okay? Um, then later we have Simon that's saved, then we have Philip, and then we have Nathaniel, okay? So, um, so that's what's happening in the passage. Christ is bringing sal- salvation to those who would believe. And what we see in all of these different stories is that Jesus does three things. The first thing he does is he gives sight. He, gives, he heals the eyes of those who would come to him. So he gives them sight. He heals, he heals their sight. So we're gonna look at Jesus as healer. The second thing that Jesus does is he teaches them. So those disciples who come to him and he heals their sight, he teaches them about who he is. Okay, so we're gonna look at Jesus as teacher. And then the third thing that we see in this passage is that the disciples that Jesus the disciples that Jesus heals, and then the disciples that Jesus teaches, he sends out to go and get others and bring them back. Right. So we're going to look at Jesus as healer, Jesus as teacher, and finally we're going to look at Jesus as sender. All right. So if this is the first time um, you're with us, or, or you haven't been here in a little while, we're, we're in um, a sermon series on John. And just kind of to, to back up for a second, John is the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make make way, make straight the paths of the Lord. Right. Um, Christ is revealed to him, the Holy Spirit reveals, hey, this is Jesus. And, and John says, okay, uh, great. Um, now I'm gonna go from talking about here to pointing people to Jesus. And so in, in the previous passage, he said this, he baptizes Christ and he says, behold the Lamb of God. Here he is, right there, there he is. He takes away the sins of the world. And so John is now pointing his disciples and anyone who will listen to Jesus. He's saying, there he is, go and follow him. So in the first verse of our passage this morning, we're gonna see John continue to do that, right? So this is in verse 35, John's with two of his disciples and he says, the next day, again, John was standing with two of his disciples. So he's there talking to them. And he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, behold, the lamb of God. So Jesus is walking by, John's like, hey, there he is. And the disciples are like, okay, we're gonna check this out, right? So Andrew and an unnamed disciple, now again, if, if a disciple's not named in the book of John, it's probably John the evangelist who wrote the book, right? He doesn't want to be named. He doesn't want to be made much of. What he wants to do is point you to Jesus. So Andrew and John go and follow Christ and, and they're kind of pitter pattering along behind and Jesus turns and he says, what do you guys want? What do you guys want, right? <clears throat> in, your, in your passage, maybe it says, what are you seeking? But really it's translated as what do you want back there? What do you guys want? And they don't really have an answer, right? They're like, well, um, rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying, right? So he's like, what are you seeking? And they say, well, what we're really seeking is to know where you're staying, maybe. And it's funny, it's interesting and funny, they call him rabbi, which is the same thing that they would have called John the Baptist, right? So these disciples are following along behind Jesus. Jesus turns and says, what do you want? They say, rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? So in other words, they don't believe yet right? They don't believe yet. Jesus has, or they've heard John the Baptist talk about Jesus. They've heard John the Baptist say that Jesus takes away the sins of the world, but they don't yet believe. Their eyes have not been healed. And they don't believe yet that this is the son of God who takes away the sins of the world. They say rabbi. Now we know that they do believe. Jesus calls them. We'll see that in a second. Jesus calls them. And in a couple more verses, they change from saying rabbi to messiah. Right, so they spend some time with Jesus and, and he heals their sight and immediately they go from ra- rabbi, teacher over here to Messiah. So um, they're following along. Jesus says, what do, you, what do you want? What are you seeking? They say, we're seeking to come and stay with you. We'd like to talk to you. Where are you staying? And Jesus says five words. And these five words are the gospel. Jesus says, come and you will see, right? He says to them, I am inviting you into my presence. Personally, I'm inviting you into my presence to be with me. I will heal your sight. We see that he does it because they go from rabbi to Messiah. I will heal your sight. I will teach you who I am. Come and you will see. And I want you just for a minute, just, to, just, just imagine with me for a second, okay? Jesus invites you to come and see him, and you do. And, he, and, 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 and John says for it was about the 10th hour. He remembers, he knows, right? He remembers because this is the time that everything changed, okay? But, but Jesus invites them to come in. It's about the 10th hour and they stay with him the entire day, right? They stayed with him. Imagine that. Scripture doesn't tell us what was, what was discussed, but just imagine that with me for a second. You're in Jesus's presence for six months seven hours, the 10th hour of the day would have been about 6 p.m., 5 p.m., something like that. Um, they're there talking to Christ. Can you imagine like the questions we could ask? You know, like what, what kind of a sea monster was it that swallowed Jonah, right? We can ask a bunch of different questions. We could, they, they're there sitting in Jesus' presence and they're able to talk to him and he is describing and telling them all about the truths that are revealed in scripture. So the savior calls his disciples and he heals their sight. That's the first thing that he does. The second thing that the savior does after he heals their sight is he teaches them. They sit in his presence, they're learning. And we're gonna see in this next verse how he teaches. So we're gonna go to, um, we're gonna go to nine, um, I'm sorry, to 41. Uh, This is Andrew. Andrew um, first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. So his sight has been changed. He goes from rabbi to Messiah, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you were Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas. So here's Peter, right? Peter is the rock on which Christ will build his church. And he comes in and he's Simon. And Jesus says, I'm gonna give you sight. Now, again, if you come into Jesus' presence and he says, hey, you're Conrad. I'm gonna now call you Trey. You might say to yourself, what? What? right? But Jesus gives him sight. Jesus gives Simon sight so that Simon says, Simon says, okay, I'm now, I'm, I'm, I'm in the presence of the king. And then Jesus says, I'm going to call you Peter and on this rock, I will build my church. So in other words, Jesus is saying to him, you aren't Peter yet. You aren't a rock yet, but I'm going to invest in you. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to make you into a rock and I will build my church on you. So we see the savior healing And we see the savior teaching. And finally, we're gonna see the savior sending. Look with me in verse 43. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee and he found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathaniel said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. So Jesus goes, to, Jesus goes to Galilee, right? He finds Philip, he sees him walking by and he says, follow me. And Philip does. And that in and of itself is Jesus, again, giving Philip sight. Because if you're walking down the road, right? And somebody sees you and says, hey, follow me. You're probably gonna be like, okay, you're looking at the dude behind me, right? Like you're not looking at me, but Philip trusts him. Philip follows him. Christ gives Philip sight. He gives Philip sight. And then he teaches Philip. Because in the next verse, when Philip goes and finds Nathanael, Philip doesn't say, we found this guy who told me to follow him and I did. Philip says, because Christ has taught him, Philip says, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So Philip is saying, this is Jesus and he's taught me how to evangelize. Like I'm telling you truths about Jesus that he's revealed to me, right? That's what's happening here. So Philip has been given sight, Philip has been taught and now Philip is sent out. And we, we can tell that he's been taught to evangelize by the king because Nathaniel says to him, okay. We know that Nathaniel, we, we see later, Nathaniel's one um, in whom there's no deceit, Right? He's, he's, he doesn't take a lot of, he doesn't take a lot of a crap, right? Like he's, he hears this and he's like, okay, can anything good really come out of Nazareth? Really? And, and Philip has an opportunity to say, well, yeah, dope, he didn't come out of Nazareth. He really came out of Bethlehem to fulfill the Davidic prophecy. Like he could have gone through all of this. But Philip knows that Nathaniel's eyes have not yet been opened. He has not yet been, his eyes have not yet been opened to see the king. And so Philip doesn't argue with him. Philip doesn't go on social media and try to knock him down. What Philip says is, you don't believe yet? I didn't believe either. You know how you can believe? Just come with me. Come with me. I want to show you the king. Come and see. He learned how to evangelize from the king. And so Nathaniel does. So we see in these conversions so far, we've seen Jesus as healer. He heals the eyes of those who come to him. We see Jesus as teacher. He teaches those who come to him who he is and how to evangelize. And then we see him sending his disciples out, sending them out to bring others into his presence. And we're gonna see that play out in the story of Nathanael. So Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? This is verse 46. And Philip said to him, come and see. So in 47, Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said, behold, an Israelite, indeed in whom there is no deceit. And Nathanael said to him, how do you know me? And Jesus answered him, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And Jesus answered him, Because I said, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. Okay, so Nathanael's walking up to Jesus and Jesus says, hey, there he is. It's an Israelite in whom there's no deceit. Okay, and Nathanael says, how do you know who I am? Right, who have you been talking to? And Jesus says to him, um, I saw you under a fig tree. Now, again, Nathaniel's eyes have not been healed yet. He doesn't see Jesus clearly until Jesus says fig tree. And whatever that means, right? And there's lots of things that it could mean, but whatever that means, immediately Nathaniel's knees buckle and he knows that he's in the presence of the king. He doesn't say, how did you know that? Or where did you get that from? Or, you know, he knows he's in the presence of the king and his knees buckle. And he says, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the son of God. There's a miracle that's just happened here. And Jesus has given Nathanael eyes to see. He's healed his sight so that Nathanael can now see this miracle taking place. And Nathanael says, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. So Jesus changes Nathanael's sight. And now he begins to teach Nathanael. He says to him, because I said I saw you under a fig tree, do you believe? You're gonna see greater things than these. You will see... But truly, truly, I say to you, you will see the heavens opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. So Jesus is teaching Nathanael now and saying, okay, I've opened your eyes, right? And now I'm teaching you who I am. I am the fulfillment of all of the scripture in the Old Testament. That's who I am, right? Because this prophecy that, um, that he's talking about here um, this prophes- or these, these, these two things that he says, when he says, you will see the heavens open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. He's referring to a dream that Jacob had in Genesis 28. When Jacob sees what we, what we, what we call Jacob's ladder, Jacob sees a staircase and he sees angels that are descending from the staircase and going up the staircase, right? Jesus, Jesus is referring that. And Jacob says in Genesis 28, this is the gateway. This is the way to God. And Christ is saying, yeah, it's not a staircase that's the way to God. The way to get to God is me. I am the gateway. I am the way. And then he's talking, and then he says the son of man, which is a prophecy in Daniel. When, Daniel, when Daniel, um, Daniel has a dream and he sees one like the son of man who will make all things right. Jesus is the gateway. He is the way to the father. And the reason that he's the way to the father is because he is the son of man. He is the God man, fully, fully man who lived the life that we should have lived, who died the death that we should have died, who paid for all of our sins on the cross, every single one of them, so that we then have access to the father. And he sends Nathanael out and his disciples, he sends them out to tell Others of that message, and to bring them back, to bring them back, the, the ones that they tell to bring them back into His presence, so that He can heal their sight. Okay, um, so so as we as we close today, there's just a couple things um, I want to ask you. The first is a question: How is your sight this morning? How is your sight this morning? are you here and you're not sure who Jesus is? You've tried this whole thing before. You've heard this before and you're not sure who Jesus is. You don't know him. You think maybe he's a good teacher. Maybe, maybe he's a good teacher. Maybe he's crazy. Like there's, I mean, is that you this morning? Look, Jesus invites you to come and see, to encounter him in his word to encounter him in his word. And so if that's you this morning, if you're here and you're not sure who Jesus is, encounter him in his word, meet him, see him. <clears throat> the second thing is those to those of you who are believers in this room today, if, if you're a believer in this room today, are you inviting others into the presence of God? Are you inviting others to see what he has shown you? Are you inviting others to see? And if you're not, why not? If you're not, why not? Are you at a place where you say, you know what? It was easy for the disciples because Jesus was back there and all they had to do is take blind people and bring him into his presence and Jesus healed them. Or are you saying, you know what? I don't know enough. I don't know enough. I know that if I invite those people or I talk to them, they're gonna have lots of questions and it's gonna be uncomfortable and it's gonna make me embarrassed. Again, I wanna tell you, this is me. This is, I I think these ways. So it might not be you. This is in my heart often when I think about discipling and leading others to Christ. Because I didn't grow up with this, right? A lot of this is new to me. But, But Jesus calls us to invite others into his presence. And what we see in the disciples here is that they didn't know very much, right? They spent some time with Jesus. They learned some things and they immediately went out to invite others into his presence. And they didn't have to have a full, complete understanding. They just had to know enough to invite others to see Christ. And that's us, right? Look, when, I, when, when, um, when the Lord saved me from, from Mormonism, I gotta tell you, I mean, the message that I heard, the people that were inviting me to come to church, it wasn't anything it wasn't anything crazy. It wasn't anything earth shattering. It was people just saying, Conrad, come to this church and encounter God as he is. And when God was ready for me to hear that message, when I entered a church for the first time, I remember um, talking about 2 Corinthians. The pastor began to to preach on 2 Corinthians. I remember hearing about Paul and how he couldn't do it on his own. I remember hearing about the thorn in, in, in his flesh. I remember... Hearing about grace for the first time about sin about about the tenets of Christianity and falling on my knees in the back of the church and sobbing and asking God to forgive me and give me sight because he heals our sight and so if you're here today and you're afraid or as, as I sometimes am to, to invite others to come and see I just want to invite you, I just want to tell you invite them because the king of the universe, the king of the universe will heal their sight. It's not up to us. And finally, if you're here this morning, if you're here this morning and you are a Christian who, um, who, has, who, has, who has received sight from Christ and a Christian who's been taught by the king, but sin has jacked it up, Right? If you're at a place where sin is jacked it up, I just want Christ invites you to come and see him again today. If we, if we look later in, about Philip, Philip effectively evangelized to Nathaniel, right? And later on, we're gonna see Jesus really frustrated with Philip because he still doesn't get things. And that's us, it's okay. It's not like you get saved one time. It's not like Jesus changes your sight one time and teaches you, and then you've gotta be perfect. No, the king that we worship continually invests and loves and cares for us our job is just to, to invite others to see him, right? So I want to invite you this morning. If you're at a place where sin is jacked, his sin has jacked things up. Repent, repent of sin, encounter Christ in His word, and invite others to see. In closing, I've been thinking a lot about how we invite others to see Jesus. Um, you know, I think uh, as we invite them to see, to, see, to see Jesus, we invite them to see him in his word. We invite others to see Jesus in our community groups, around the dinner table, in our marriages and with our friends. Like we're inviting, we're inviting others to see Jesus. And I just wanna encourage you today to do that, especially as we're about to go into the holiday weekend. There's a lot of cookouts going on. There's a lot of things happening. Invite your friends to see Jesus. Because he is the king that gives us sight, he is the king that teaches us, and he is the king that sends us out.